Hello and welcome to the Newsmax Daily for Friday, November 24th, 2023. Hope you had a fantastic Thanksgiving with family and friends or maybe home by yourself the way you really like it. And hopefully you're enjoying a long holiday break and not having to work today. Today is, of course, Black Friday. Maybe you're shopping, which thankfully is nothing like it used to be at the big box stores, right? I say that for the sake of humanity because the retailers probably aren't happy that it's not not the way it used to be, although it's still a huge day for business, obviously, except most of us do the shopping at home now, online, much more convenient and less stressful and safer. Even with inflation, everything I'm seeing and reading from retail experts, they expect it to be a big year since consumers have been spending all along. Experts also say be very careful because some of the great Black Friday deals aren't always that great, so do some comparison shopping. Today is also National Flossing Day, you know, like your teeth, which I imagine has something to do with all that we ate yesterday. It should be National Leftovers Day, right? Because that is what almost every one of us will be eating today, maybe even tomorrow. Maybe you'll even be taking it to work on Monday. Wall Street is open today for an abbreviated session. Things got started off in the green. We'll see where it ends up. Overnight, most of the Asian markets got smacked for some reason. In China, the Shanghai market was down more than 7% overnight. And topping the headlines this Friday, today is also the day that the four-day pause in Gaza to allow for the release of hostages got started. Yesterday, while we were all enjoying our Thanksgiving holiday, hopefully the war between Israel and Hamas was raging on, and so was the war in Ukraine. Don't forget about that. This is Newsmax reporter John Huddy reporting from southern Israel on Wake Up America this morning. It is very quiet here in Starod, overlooking northern Gaza. Uh, we're not hearing the sound of our outgoing artillery fire. We're not hearing the sound of heavy machine gun fire in the distance. We're not hearing the sound, the roar of fighter jets as they come in, swooping in and pounding Hamas with airstrikes, as was the case yesterday. And this is actually the first day since the start of the war that I'm not wearing my flat jacket, that I'm not wearing my body armor and my ballistic helmet. So that gives you an idea how quiet it is here right now. Uh, driving to this location, we saw actually what looked like a battalion of armored vehicles, Merkava tanks, APCs off the side of one of the main highways, having been pulled back from the front lines, from the Gaza border, and from inside Gaza. But uh, yesterday, it was a different story here. The IDF really was, was hitting Hamas targets hard, actually targeting more than 300 Hamas targets through the day on Thursday alone, going after Hamas terror tunnels, going after Hamas infrastructure. Actually, when we were here in this exact position, we saw several large explosions in the different in the distance, indicating that uh, the IDF was going after those targets, also taking out and destroying Hamas terror tunnels and tunnel infrastructure as well. Um, this morning, four tankers of fuel and four tankers of cooking gas, which is designated, according to the IDF, for operating essential humanitarian infrastructure, were transferred from Egypt to, uh, to UN humanitarian aid organizations in southern Gaza via the Rafah crossing. This was approved, of course, 
as part of this ceasefire by the Israeli government. The four-day ceasefire, it started at 7 o'clock this morning, 12 a.m. Eastern time. At 4 o'clock local time, 9, 9 a.m. Eastern, that is when we're expecting the first group, 13 hostages, women and children, to be transferred from southern Gaza across the Rafah crossing to IDF personnel waiting on the other side. They will then be either taken to an airbase in southern Israel or several designated hospitals here in Israel. The IDF releasing video showing basically care packs, uh, clothing, uh, blankets, basically all the essential supplies for those hostages when they are released. So this is a significant development. Whether or not the ceasefire holds, that's a big question. Actually, 15 minutes after it began at 7 o'clock this morning, rocket sirens sounded in some of the communities in the south, which is pretty typical for this type of ceasefire. We've seen it in the past in 2014 after Operation Protective Edge. Hamas, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, fired some rockets just kind of as a message to the IDF. But the IDF has sent a message to Hamas as well, and that is this war is not over. Back to you. That's Newsmax senior correspondent John Huddy in southern Israel, live on Wake Up America this morning. The agreement calls for Hamas to release 50 hostages, women and children, including three Americans, don't forget, and including in those three Americans is a three-year-old child whose parents were killed. And don't forget, Hamas is holding more than 240 hostages that we know of. It may, it may well be more than that, right? In exchange, Israel is going to release about 150 Palestinians who are mostly women and children as well and will allow for humanitarian aid to be delivered to Palestinians in Gaza. Much needed humanitarian aid. We'll be paying very close attention to all of this throughout the day, obviously, and throughout the weekend. Constant updates from Israel and Gaza on Newsmax. Meanwhile, while former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee weighing in on American agenda. Former Arkansas Governor and presidential candidate Mike Huckabee. Governor, it's an honor. Thanks for coming on. Great to be with you, Bob. Thank you, Katrina. Absolutely here. We're going to get right to your reaction to this four-day pause they're talking about in the fighting between Israel and Hamas. Who do you think benefits the most here in this deal? Well, I hope it's not Hamas, but I fear it might be. One of the things that uh, we all want to see is every one of those hostages returned. That's not happening yet. They're only talking about 50. We think there are more than 200 still being held. Maybe the worst part of this is that the Palestinians are going to get a bunch of prisoners set free. Uh, in fact, quite a few more prisoners coming out of jail uh, than hostages being released. And let's hope Hamas doesn't use this as a opportunity just to ramp up some more mischief and uh, mayhem to uh, inflict upon the people of Israel. I think we got to keep in mind the people being let out of Palestinian or the Palestinians being let out of jail are there for a reason. They committed crimes. They, they hurt people. They did bad things. The hostages are being released. They're innocent civilians who did nothing wrong, and they are the victims here. So let's hope the U.S. didn't pressure Israel to do this against Israel's better judgment. And hopefully this is the first of getting all the hostages home. And then let's pray Israel continues with its steely resolve to rid this world of Hamas once and for all. 
Governor, we know that uh, Israel has said that as soon as this pause is over, they intend to start right back up until exactly as you said, they rid the world of Hamas overall. But a concern is that Hamas is dangling these carrots in the form of additional hostages, asking for more time to be given, longer ceasefires, obviously, as you pointed out, for them just to build up and regroup and start again. Is there another way you think this should have happened? Should we, uh, should they have said, and maybe we should have helped, saying, you know what, we want all hostages to be released immediately, and that's it? I mean, that's always what you'd like to see. I understand the pressure that uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu is a going against because the families of the hostages and many of the people of Israel are saying, get them out no matter what it takes. Now, I think that it's hard to not want to have that attitude, just get the hostages out at whatever price. Here's the problem. If you start negotiating for hostages, then Hamas now knows that the longer it holds hostages, the more that they can exact out of Israel, and they will do it. And it's not just Hamas, Hezbollah, Iran, all of these rogue nations, these very evil, uh, uh, just horrible nations, will now realize that if they can take hostages, whether they're Israeli or American hostages, they'll ultimately get what they want because we will finally come to the point where we want the hostages out more than we want justice and more than we want for a long-term solution to what created the hostages in the first place. Great commentary, as always, from former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee. The White House says President Biden remains hands-on while celebrating the Thanksgiving holiday weekend in Nantucket with his family. Does anyone actually believe that? And maybe with the travel, the holiday, the family, and all going on, you might have missed this. We know the IRS was investigating the Bidens. That was halted, and the road leads to Leslie Wolf. We know the FBI was investigating the Bidens, and all roads lead to Leslie Wolf calling that off. We know other U.S. attorneys were looking into the Biden corruption, and by all accounts, Leslie Wolf called that off. We know that the uh, the National Archives was looking into the Biden's mishandling of classified documents, and they were told by someone at the uh, in the Department of Justice to stand down, to not cooperate with the House Oversight Committee, with Chairman Comer, and we believe that uh, person was Leslie Wolf. Congressman James Comer, chair of the House Oversight Committee, laying out the groundwork that has led to the subpoena of Prosecutor Leslie Wolf. More from Bianca de la Garza and former United States Attorney Jay Town. Tonight, I want to read an excerpt from Chairman Jordan's letter to Wolf to sort of set the table for the viewers and us. According to whistleblower testimony, it reads, you attended a substantial majority, if not all, of the prosecution team meetings concerning the department's investigation of Hunter Biden. Information available suggests that you are responsible for many of the decisions to deviate from standard investigative protocol, including, here's where they line it out, Jay, telling defense counsel about a potential search warrant for Hunter Biden's abandoned storage unit, later objecting to executing a search warrant on the storage unit, Many question what that would have found or turned up for evidence. And they accuse her of prohibiting investigators from asking witnesses about the big guy or dad. 
Joe Biden, clearly, if they're talking about Hunter. It goes on to say, ordering investigations to remove from a search warrant any reference to political figure one, that is President Biden. And finally, prohibiting investigators from following up on evidence of criminal campaign finance violations and forbidding investigators from interviewing Hunter Biden's adult children. So, Jay, when you look at all that, how much does this deviate from all the protocols and which is the most egregious in your expert opinion? So, I mean, this is textbook how you spike an investigation. Um, you know, this, remember, Bianca, this really started in 2018. The Sportsman is the code name of the investigation with Sportsman. Um, started in 2018, yep. uh, and and they initially saw, one, you had the gun charge already, uh, but they saw that he hadn't paid any of his taxes going all the way back to 2014. But the most egregious of this really has to be that search warrant. Now, I understand if you want to um, try to get consent for a search, but you don't let a defendant or a subject or a target of a, of a search or of an investigation dictate when that search takes place. It is very difficult. Unlike, uh, I was a state prosecutor for 13 years and a, and a prosecutor in the right. Marines for 12. And I can tell you, getting a search warrant was much easier there. The federal government, it's very difficult to get a search warrant. And so when they got that I mean, warrant, she, she squashed it and, and, and let the attorney for Hunter Biden know that, well, we're probably going to search that storage unit, but we're not going to do it for a month. I mean, that's unheard of. That's former U.S. Attorney Jay Town discussing Leslie Wolf, the prosecutor who prosecuted nothing and nobody in the federal investigation into Hunter Biden. And again, Leslie Wolf has now been subpoenaed to testify to the House Oversight Committee. And what about the move in the U.S. House to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas? Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, who filed the motion to impeach Mayorkas, was on N2. That's Newsmax 2 with host Ed Henry. Um, what's your sense about just how failed the border policies are, but just how uh, of the Biden administration, but why there are some Republicans who are part of the swamp and want to protect Team Biden? I, I can't even answer those questions. Uh, it's outrageous to me that eight Republicans joined the Democrats to stop the impeachment of Secretary Mayorkas. And we know the numbers every single day and every month the numbers get worse. But with 1.8 million gotaways in our country, 10 million people that crossed our border, and we know that there are terrorists mixed in among those gotaways, could be by the thousands. I just want to know how many dead Americans are going to have to pile up from, mm. from fentanyl poisoning to, to uh, different illegal alien crimes before we're going to have Republicans grow a spine and a backbone and actually have the maturity and the courage to do the right thing and impeach Mayorkas and also hold the Biden administration accountable. Absolutely. How, what do you make of uh, even some Democrats, mayors like Adams in New York saying New York's getting destroyed by illegal immigrants? As Donald Trump first said in 2015, there's no more border states. It's not about Arizona and Texas, New York, Illinois. They're all being overrun by illegal immigrants. We did a story this week that they were trying to give out free turkeys to folks in low-income housing in New York City, folks who are American citizens. They were supposed to come at 11 a.m. one morning, and at 10.30, all the illegal, illegal uh, immigrants had gotten a heads up, and they took the turkeys first. And I said on the air, of course we want everyone to be fed. We don't want people to be hungry for Thanksgiving. But there's no sense of America first like Donald Trump talks about. Oh, I totally agree. I, I, didn't, hear, I didn't hear that story. That's outrageous. Um, look, what's happening in New York is actually going to be what sends President Trump into the White House, 
House with the most overwhelming record number of votes in United States history. I mean, you have people like Cardi B going on TikTok and doing viral videos about how she can't stand it in New York anymore because there's so many migrants sleeping all over the streets. I mean, we know exactly what this is. It's an invasion. But I got to tell you, I had Mayorkas in front of me right after the, the attempt to impeach him failed, like the next day on the Homeland Committee. And yeah. one of the Democrats was questioning him and asked him how he felt about the word invasion. And Mayorkas said he is offended, offended by that word. Can you mm. imagine he's offended by the word invasion? The entire country is in offended by the invasion that he has caused by willfully breaking the laws of America and not doing his job. MTG, as she's commonly known on the briefing with Ed Henry. That's on the new N2, Newsmax 2. And last night, Thanksgiving, host Joe Pinion filling in for Eric Bowling on the balance. And this was spectacular, if you missed it. Joe talked about President Lincoln's Thanksgiving proclamation, some of his presidency and his assassination leading up to this. 155 years later, Joseph Robinette Biden stood on the steps of the U.S. Capitol and quoted the deceased great unifier, promising that his whole soul was too in unifying America once again. But it has been three years and the unity and security that was promised is practically nowhere to be found. Instead, we have a president that abandoned Afghanistan to the Taliban and has done nothing while the Chinese Communist Party has handed them hundreds of millions of dollars to do what terrorists do best, terrorize the innocent. We have a president that did nothing while the Chinese Communist Party handed $400 billion to an Iranian ayatollah who prays for death to America and believes the entirety of Israel is not a nation, but a military occupation. A president whose administration sees 4,000 New Yorkers screaming from the river to the sea in the aftermath of an unprovoked terrorist attack by Hamas, and they call it free speech. And yet someone who views upset parents at a PTA meeting in Virginia as a threat to democracy deserving placement on a terrorist watch list. All while you, while we have actual terrorist apprehensions along our northern and southern border up tenfold on his watch. Nearly 200 terrorist apprehensions, and those are just the ones that we know about. All while he continues to double down on open border policies that have debased our nation's sovereignty, endangered every single citizen, and created a migrant crisis threatening to bankrupt cities as large as New York. This is the reality of the Biden presidency. A man who has done more to rebuild the old global axis of evil than he has to restore the faith of Americans or the standing of America around the world. We are staring down the barrel of not one, not two, but three explosive and potentially expensive wars from Gaza to Ukraine to the South China Sea when you realize China is waiting for the right moment to see if they can once again seize Taiwan. After decades of peace and stability in the aftermath of World War II, Joe Biden's final legacy will be as the man who ushered in the end of Pax Americana. The role of the president is to accumulate gray hairs on behalf of a grateful nation. The before and after pictures for this job, they are not kind. And so perhaps it is fitting that we should remember Lincoln's clarion call for humility and gratefulness a belief in a divine purpose greater than ourselves.
very poignant and powerful from Newsmax host Joe Pinion. And let's wrap things up on this Black Friday with this. Well, believe it or not, the culture wars continue even on Thanksgiving, as one far-left group says they want to decolonize the holiday, instead renaming it Truthsgiving. Truthsgiving? That's crazy. Why would we do that? What do you think of that? <laughs> I don't know about that one. Have you heard? They're trying to cancel Thanksgiving. No. Do we need to come to grips with our colonialized past and rename Thanksgiving? No, we need to go back to our roots, our Christian, Judeo-Christian heritage. Do you want to have a history lesson during Thanksgiving? No. Why is this happening? Uh, it's just the way today is. Everything, it seems like everything has to change. It seems to be a war on a lot of holidays nowadays. Columbus Day, we can't say Merry Christmas. They want to do away with Thanksgiving. What's next? Renamed Valentine's Day? Yeah, happy gender neutral day, maybe. Yeah. Why is Thanksgiving important in your mind? Fred, <laughs> thanks. Is canceling Thanksgiving a further way to divide families in this country? I think that's what they want. I think that's more about them than it is about the holiday. What's your understanding about the original Thanksgiving? It, the pilgrims and the Native Americans kind of coming together, building community. And ultimately, at the end of the day, Thanksgiving these days is about, you know, your family, everyone coming together. You'd be like, ah, oh, I see them once a year. And there's always something taking the last of the mashed potatoes. In New York for Newsmax, I'm Mike Carter. Thank you, Mike. And that man on the street stuff is always great. I mean, when you actually talk to the people, you really see what's going on in the country. And with the arrival of Santa at the end of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, the Christmas holiday season is officially underway. Meanwhile, there's plenty happening and more to come between now and Monday, right? Keep up with all the news this weekend on Newsmax. It's available on most major cable providers like AT&T, Cox Cable, Comcast, Spectrum, Fios, Verizon, Xfinity, and many others. And you can keep up with breaking news at Newsmax.com. Be sure to sign up for your free trial of the new Newsmax Plus. Go to NewsmaxPlus.com, NewsmaxPlus.com. It includes all of your favorite Newsmax hosts, Eric Bowling, Rob Schmidt, Greta Van Susteren, Greg Kelly, Chris Salcedo, Carl Higby, and more analysis from people like Mike Huckabee, Carrie Lake, law expert Alan Dershowitz, and many others. I'm Tony Marino. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Newsmax Daily. Appreciate that. Enjoy your holiday weekend. Be safe. We also have the first ever NFL Black Friday game today with my Miami Dolphins and maybe your New York Jets (laughs) after some spectacular football on Thanksgiving Day. So enjoy that and keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks. Every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.